But I just had this kind of revelation, and I, I know that Rachel agrees with it, is that there is a there's a lack of um, there's a lack of understanding and a lack of familiarity, which I say that word weird, I think, but there's a lack of whenever it comes to am I saying it weird? You familiarity. say familiarity. Familiarity. That's how I say it. I think that's how you say it. Is that how you say it? Don't look at these people. What, what, hold on, no. All right, so. Welcome to the Purpose Podcast. My name is Rachel and I'm here with my husband, Zach, and we are confident that you have been created on purpose for a purpose. And we are excited about connecting with you today. We're so proud of you for taking time to invest in yourself and to grow and to stretch, to ask questions and find answers. And if something in our podcast today is encouraging to you, we really want you to take it and share it. So whatever platform you're listening to this on, you can share that with your friends and family as you are challenged or encouraged. Yeah, and it's going to happen. It's going to be a great day. I'm really excited about today. Um, but I just want to encourage you, make sure that you're subscribed, you get notifications, all that stuff. And and if you'll interact with us, it'll it'll make this better for everybody. And so actually this next part, we would love to have every time. But if people will send in questions or thoughts or things like that, we would love to respond to them. And so a few weeks ago, we did a Pride podcast. <clears throat> With me in Pride Month, and even even uh, when this goes out, it'll it'll still be Pride Month. But what what we wanted to do is there were some things we wanted to respond to. But for time's sake, there was one great question that was asked. Uh, just one other, not necessarily question, but thought I want to encourage you with is uh, is would you just listen beyond your offense? Um, I don't live in the comment section. I don't. I just I actually just ask people for kind of the narrative in there and. Uh, what I'll hear a lot and what I see a lot with stuff that I'm involved with is people stop listening when they get offended. And whenever, and, and you know that because people will start saying things that if they listened a few minutes l- later, they would realize there is agreement, there is places for unity, some of that. The reason I say that is not because we don't want uh, posts or comments that disagree. We're actually great with that. My greater concern is that that there's believers living their life out there who close their ears when they get offended. And if that's the case, how are you ever going to be in a relationship who, with people who are far from God, which is a passion of Jesus's? Uh, it's a passion of ours, but that doesn't matter. It's a passion of Jesus's. You can just tell by how he lived his life. But there was a great question, and um, I, I won't read it all, but I, I just enough to get the, the gist of it. And this was sent in, and it just says, Hey, it's about that Pride podcast, but it said, hey, this is excellent. Didn't vibe with all that was discussed, which they, they referenced what we said. Never a perfect conversation, um, but uh, felt like the intention was 100% towards the gospel, which that was, the, that was our goal. Uh, but one thing that would be good to hear more or a conversation for the future would how to be a family and provide community to those who are same-sex attracted or transgender. How can the church be a church for them, especially if they aren't able to be married to have kids. Uh, the same could be said for a single person in general, widows, widowers. And so, again, that's really just the question. Mm-hmm. And uh, I know that this is a, a passion place for you, Rachel. So what are your thoughts on on how, how can the church be a family for people in those situations? Yeah, I think, you know, we have grace when you listen to a podcast that you can't have 
all of the conversation in 30 minutes. There's mm-hmm. so much nuance and background and everybody ha- is coming from a different place as they listen. But the gist here, I would say is, if you look in Romans 12, it's starting at verse nine, it says, don't just pretend to love others, really love them, hate what is wrong, hold tightly to what is good, love each other with genuine affection and take delight in honoring each other. And then in verse 13, it says, when God's people are in need, be ready to help them, always be eager to practice hospitality. I would say the reason that we are even having to ask this question is because we have foregone the gift of hospitality, the culture has just moved us. The busyness of life has moved us from doing that. And I'm really passionate about this because even if you are not same sex attracted, you're single and you're unmarried and you're in your mid thirties, there is, um, there's no option for you. It feels like, especially in the church. And one of the things that we get when we become a part of the body of Christ is saying, Hey, I've made a choice to follow Jesus, which means I'm going to deny myself. And there are a few options, uh, especially for same sex attracted, which you can look at Preston Sprinkle's work and he unpacks all of that so well, but a lot of Um, people choose to remain celibate. Mm -hmm. And that would mean they never have children. That would mean that they don't have a family at Thanksgiving and Christmas. And what are they going to do on Thursday night? Like they're working, but there's a part of their, of life of community that's missing. And you get to, via the gift of hospitality, provide that. It feels like by virtue that that's a, by virtue that that's a thing, that that, that that question is being asked, which is it's a great question, but it seems like by virtue of that question that believers are living way more by the world's um, flow and standard that like, well, they have jobs and they have hobbies where as biblically, you know, the, king, the kingdom being built and community are the most important things. All those other things, that we just do those things to serve that, to, to, to build the kingdom and do that. So just... I don't know. I feel like it until you're with somebody who doesn't have anywhere else to go on those days. Um, you know, I, I don't. I don't know. Well, it's, it's just. A, it's just hard. There is like when you says deny yourself. Some of that is there's this, and I would say maybe this is just women, um, or you know, there's this idea of what your day or your home space should be. Well, it should be for me and my kids. Thanksgiving should just be for my family. I don't want to have to share. And that is, I understand the sentiment. And also Jesus died and then you, and rose from the dead. And you said, I'm going to follow that guy. Mm -hmm. And he said, everything is fine. And so I'm not saying that we don't protect our schedule. I'm not saying that there aren't healthy boundaries. Again, to have this entire conversation, we'd sit down and have coffee three, four times and uh, unpack it all. But it does matter that we posture ourselves just like we talked about. I mean, we, we probably talk about this all the time. What's your posture when you consider the people in the circle around you? Do yeah. Do we remember that they were created by God in his image and that Jesus died for them? And I would say if we could put on some empathy and put ourselves in their shoes, how would you want somebody to treat you if it was your kid and they were living in another state? Mm -hmm. How would you want their church to treat them? Yeah. And that for me is always really helpful. So we have, um, 
friends in our life who are single, who I, you know, uh, have a, a girlfriend who's single and she comes over and just hangs out, you know, with me and the kids sometimes. And we go to lunch and, uh, or run errands. And these are sweet moments where there's no structure. There's nothing planned. It's just, this is how we live our life. And you're welcome to be a part of it. And to be specific towards the question around how can the church be a family um, you know, it, it really is not, it's not any different than how the church is a family towards anyone else struggling with anything else, right? Oh, you know, yeah. So the, the, the big, the really big issue for this, is, which was including the question, is the church, like how, how is it a family to someone who says, to honor the Lord, I am going to give up my fleshly desire for a family this way? if they're same-sex attracted or things like that, that they're going to forego this desire they have. And so, and I really do think it's the church's responsibility to step Absolutely. in that gap. And so, and again, I, I just want to encourage you, um, you know, which some people don't agree with this, and that's fine. I, I really feel pretty strongly that the Lord would. Um, and so I feel pretty good about it. But, you know, we have some, we had some transgender, a transgender female in our life that we invited to our home for dinner sat around the table, all three of our little kids were at the table, um, you know, and, and we didn't we didn't set that up for our kids beforehand, um, mm -hmm. you know, or anything like that. But the reason that we did, that the, the reason that we feel comfortable doing that is more important, <laughs> even more important than my kids, like physical safety or emotional safety or whatever, which I care desperately about. I care about this person's eternal safety. And so if I not will, to say that our kids were in any danger. No, no, no. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. We don't believe that nah, yeah. inherently because you struggle with something, there's danger. No, no, no. Yeah. I, I just meant in general, uh, not in that situation. But we but but there are people who would question the spiritual or emotional safety of our kids just being there. Right. Right. The com the confusion it would mm -hmm. cause. But I, I'd push that hey, there's there's some lack of faith there. Um, you know, that you know, got got something that Pastor Mike Baker, who's one of our friends, and you know, people they think about raising kids in this this climate, this this division, and he says that God, God specifically, like your kid was born in this specific time for this specific reason, just like Queen Esther was, and the chances that you're born—I don't know if you ever looked in the chances of you being born of that sperm and that egg—but it's like it's astronomical; it's billions and billions of to one, and so the Lord. It, it's so specific, especially if you're a if you're a believer and you you believe that the Lord again has a purpose for you. But either way, we digress. Um, but it was just powerful to say, "Hey, we love you. Your home is a private place, and there's some things that culture says that we we just ascribe to that we just never ask a question about. It's not meant to be intentionally, you know, dishonoring. It's just, oh, well, I'm not going to let them be in my house because it's, you know, supposed to be this way. And I would just challenge you to ask the question of, hey, what's the purpose of your home? You know, when you pick out your house and you're buying a home or when you are setting up your schedule, when you buy groceries, you know, what's the purpose of your home? And Zach and I have all, and maybe... You, you aren't in a place to do this yet or whatever, but Zach and I, from when we had no money <laughs> and we're living in our one bedroom apartment, we're still hosting people, inviting people to be a part of our home and a part of our life because it's not ours anymore. Yeah. So uh, again, I, I really do think that what we're going to talk about today pairs well, but I, I just recently, um, as we've been just 
growing and really trying to not just not just grow ourselves and making an impact as a family, but also really being burdened around uh, equipping Christ followers to win their world. We believe mm-hmm. that that is your highest purpose more than anything else is to win your world. That's the Great Commission. That's what Jesus told us before he ascended into heaven. But I just had this kind of revelation, and I, I know that Rachel agrees with it, is that there is a there's a lack of um, there's a lack of understanding and a lack of familiarity, which I say that word weird, I think, but there's a lack of whenever it comes to am I saying it weird? You familiarity. say familiarity. Familiarity. That's how I say it. I think that's how you say it. Is that how you say it? Don't look at these people. What, what, hold on, no. All right. So, um, so actually, before we talk, because it's about, around prayer, and we're going to talk specifically around prayer, and and so which I'm really excited about this discussion. But uh, before we did that, I wanted to just dialogue real quickly about like our coolest like stories from prayer. Does that make sense? Uh, do you have one ready to share? I have so many. Yeah, you're going to need to pick one. <laughs> well, let me ask you this. Would you prefer a story about just me by myself in prayer, or would you say Do one of you by yourself, because my, mine is with somebody, so you do okay. one by yourself. I have had a couple of really cool experiences. I would say um, one is I was at a conference, and I had gone back to the room, and I was just by myself, and I couldn't, like, I couldn't rest. I was kind of... Um, on edge. And so I was just reading the word and I just felt like the Holy Spirit told me like that um, the scripture uh, talking about where Paul says, I'm not ashamed of the gospel. Mm -hmm. And I go to it, just feel like the Lord just told me to go to it. And so I go to it and I'm like, Lord, I'm not, I, I don't feel like I'm ashamed of the gospel. And I just feel like this need to define the word ashamed. And so I do, it's like feeling foolish or whatever. And I'm like, well, I don't feel foolish about the gospel, but I do feel like I feel ashamed about everything else in my life. Like all the time, that feeling of shame, I, I feel that like always. Mm. And I had never realized that. And so in that moment, I'm just praying. I'm just in the presence of God. I'm just talking to him. And the Holy Spirit just was like, hey, like you don't, that's not how I designed you to live. And I, I just told the Lord, I don't want to live in that anymore. And I don't really know what to do with this, but I'm like, I'm like crying by myself, you know, just journaling. Who hasn't? Who hasn't? <laughs> um, it's a real attractive scene. <laughs> and um, I just tell the Lord, like, I, I don't want this and I don't know, I don't know what to do. And the Holy Spirit just removed, it was like for the first time, like I had a clear, like, you know, sometimes like you think about yourself and you reflect, like it's the first time I feel like I had a like clarity and reflection without the filter of shame over top of it. Mm-hmm. And um, so I would say that was one of my stories about prayer of just, there was no special leading. There wasn't, you know, I wasn't going through like a, a devotional. Yeah. Um, I wasn't even like going through a Bible reading plan. I was just with the Lord, yeah. just talking to him. Yeah. And that was my experience. And I just think that's hyper foreign. That, that's, that is why I wanted to talk about it. I think that people's understanding of prayer and because of their understanding, their desire for prayer mm-hmm. is off. And I really pray that this time is re- re- revelatory. Um, but just real quick, one of my favorites, uh, we, we would do these healing weekends at, at Faith Promise, and I was a janitor, and I remember uh, I always wanted to be at one of these healing stations praying with people, and uh, and I, I, I there were pastors who were set up to do it, so I, I was just a janitor that night. And then Pastor Josh Whitehead, um, who w- is, was the uh, executive pastor of Faith Promise at the time, 
he said, hey, you know, somebody couldn't make it once you go up there. And so I'm up at the front, and I, I don't know, I'm, I'm 19 or 20 at this time, and um, this guy kind of bump, like kind of, kind of staggers out of the aisle to come up for prayer for healing. And I know him. Um, he, he's been long gone for a long time. His name's Rick, and he was probably like six five, big old dude. And he had a uh, he had he was walking up with crutches. And I was like, Lord, please, no way, don't, because you know, for like if somebody comes up and they're praying for like a, I don't know, like a tumor or something like that, like you can they can walk away and maybe it's gone. This guy, like you could tell, like he's coming up and he doesn't plan on leaving with those crutches. And so I'm just, I'm just, I, I don't know about praying in the spirit at that time, but I'm, I'm doing something like that. And I'm just, Lord, <laughs> send this man anywhere but here. And he comes up and he puts the crutches down on the stage behind me. I've got my back. So he pushes crutches down on the stage behind me and puts his weight, all his weight, he's a big guy, all his weight on my shoulders. Uh, like I'm his crutches. Uh, and he's like, I'm not walking back on those crutches. And I was like, well... <laughs> I guess I'm carrying you back. And I was just, it, but I just remember I prayed every scripture that I knew to pray, just this desperation, just, just, just asking the Lord. And, uh, and he and I threw those, um, threw those crutches in the trash that night. And uh, he walked back fine. Um, and I just remember that moment. Like, I, I, it, it was the first physical healing I saw, um, you know, it, it, in person. And I got to be a part of that I can remember. And so I just, I thought that was why, but just to start with the why, the whole Simon McSinney thing, start with why. So I, I don't know if you ever thought about this, because uh, I think some Christians, uh, and this may be a, a different word to you, but in today's culture, there's something called deconstruction, where people are kind of deconstructing the faith and stuff like that. And uh, it comes from, I really think a lot of that comes from Simon Sinek started this thing, hey, you start with why. And so a lot of people are asking why. So why, why do we do baptism? Why do we need grace? Like why, why, why? And so, and we don't have to hide from the why question. There's They're answers to all of them. good questions, and it's a great thing to find the answers to them. God is a big God. Right. And he, he wants to bring you answers. That's exactly right. Mm-hmm. So the question is, why do we pray? And so why do we pray? And so if somebody's asked you off the cuff, Rachel, why do, why, why do you pray? Like, why do we pray? What would you say? My knee jerk is because I love talking with God. Mm-hmm. I love being with him. Actually, it was something just recently, it's been kind of crazy. Our schedule has shifted dramatically in our home because it's summer, which is great. Um, but all of the things that create a, um, a rhythm for me, which is the kids, like they had a parent's day out and they were going to school, all of my rhythm is totally removed. And I struggle to create structure on my own. And so my time alone with the Lord without other humans touching me or trying to drink my coffee um, is is fewer. And I just was reflecting, you know, yesterday we'd had a conversation and last night I was like, gosh, I just miss, I miss just being with the Lord. Like just me and him just together being. And so when you pray, it's just, you get to be, mm-hmm. you just get to be with him. That's right. And I, that, that's spot on. And I, just to put it in a, maybe a, a, like a clear definition, prayer is our communication with God mm-hmm. that builds intimacy, familiarity, if that's the word, familiarity, and even camaraderie <laughs> with God. And so like, it's, the, it's, that, it's communication. And if you're in any relationship, friend, romantic, whatever, you know that communication is 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 foundational uh, to relationships, all forms, text messages, in person, phone calls, like communication is massive. And so, whenever you think about it, and just ask, like, what what would you have said? What why why do you think you pray? It is it is communication with God 
Now, that might not be revelatory for you, but what about this next one? And this is really what I wanted to camp out on, what we want to camp out on today, is what happens when we pray. Hmm. So I don't know that this is ever processed. What happens when you pray? You listening right now. What do you think happens when you pray? And we have a list of things that we're going to talk about happens when we pray. Um, and and I, again, I, I don't know that we'll get through it all. It's so it, it's so mm-hmm. good. And I think everybody probably needs different things in different seasons. So it'd be a great thing to make some notes on and things like that. But even before uh, we get into the list of things, I, I, I think we need to make this clear, is that prayer is a supernatural activity. Prayer is a supernatural activity. It does. It, it may if it doesn't feel like um, if it doesn't feel like prayer is a supernatural activity, and prayer is how we build communication with God. I mean, think about it. Wouldn't the devil want to attack the um, the communication? Would you unpack what you mean by supernatural? So you know, you, you have things that are you th- have things that are natural, like so the. Um, there, there's a time whenever Jesus is talking to the disciples, and he tells them that the um, he tells them that it's not what goes in the body that defiles a person, but what comes out of the body. So, like your so that that's what defiles you. Which for them, the Jews at the time, that was radical because they couldn't eat certain things, they couldn't wear certain things, they couldn't touch certain things, and so like it was all this. It was all like it was all physical. And so whenever Jesus said. Hey, it's not what goes into you that defiles you. It's what comes out. It's your words. It's your, it's your heart. Like when in the Sermon mm-hmm. on the Mount in Matthew 5, when Jesus says, I tell you that if you look on a woman lustfully, you have committed adultery. Jesus changed the game. And he's like, hey, this isn't about like rule following anymore. This is about your heart. I came to save your heart, your eternity. And so like it is, I, I think we get so caught up. We live our life so much more in the mm-hmm. natural. I'm hungry. I'm tired. I'm mad. Not saying I I am at peace, e- even whenever the circumstances are crazy, because part of the fruit, fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace. I, I love this person, going back to the, the, pride, the pride Month mm-hmm. stuff, and it stirs the people up. I, I am loved. Like, so being able to forego, dig past, stand on your kingdom heritage, your supernatural heritage, there's a mm-hmm. part of you that will live for eternity, mm-hmm. but that's not the part that most of us uh, rely on not not the part that most of us channel or, or spend time in, mm-hmm. and so prayer is a supernatural activity, and I think that the enemy attacks it specifically because it builds communication. And just to just to make it real specific, like I know when the devil is after Rachel and I's marriage, and I'll give you a very specific example. It's it I the the most the most like the one I'm the most aware of it is at night when I know that I should lean over. And talk to Rachel. Hey, what's going on? Hey, why do you feel this way? Hey, why are you sad? Or why are you tired? Or things like that. Mm-hmm. And not to fix a problem, but to be there for. Her. And I know I'm tired. And I know I'm going to have to, I, I'm, I'm supposed to get up at 445 and these kind of things. And when I roll over, I can feel the disobedience. And it's because I'm disobeying the intimacy of communication. Mm-hmm. And so like, and, and I, that's a, a that's attack of the enemy. Hey, you're tired. You shouldn't have to do that. You worked all day. All the yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, it was all that garbage. But I think that he does the same thing with us, with our communication with the Lord. But we're less aware of it mm-hmm. than I am whenever I'm laying beside you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's what. And and just just again. So that means we have to protect it. We have to fight for it. We have to press in. And so um, just just and, and we. I won't read all of it just for for time because I want to make sure we get to that list. 
But the before we talk about like what happens when we pray, which is massive, just to bolster that this is a supernatural activity, mm-hmm. in Ephesians 6, it talks about the armor of God and all that kind of stuff. Uh, but just specifically in Ephesians, Ephesians 6, 12, it says, For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against rulers, against authorities, and against powers of this dark world, against the spiritual forces in the heavenly realms. So um, <laughs> you, what that we do, when you think about just, you know, just the natural person, what do we do that is battling the supernatural forces, that's battling the thing, the battles going on in heavenly realms, mm-hmm. right? Because, mm-hmm. I mean, if, if we're not intentional, it's, it's nothing, right? I mean, even though we work at church and we, we, we do all this stuff and we preach sermons every week and all that, like the drift is to fight for physical safety or emotional safety or all that kind of stuff. But prayer is the gateway into into battling spiritual forces. Correct, yeah. And so I, I think that that... And then it goes through the armor of God, right? And then... But in verse 18, it picks back up, and it just says, and pray in the Spirit on all occasions with, uh, with all kinds of prayers and requests. Uh, with this in mind, be alert. Always keep on praying for the Lord's people. And so when it... Go well, ahead. Oh, well, I just think we... We disobey that on the reg. Like, I mean, you you'll watch a thirty second soundbite on Instagram, and they're brothers and sisters in Christ. You may have some disagreements, but you're certainly not. You're speaking death and gossiping about people because of a thirty second clip where you don't have all the context or even know this person. Even we're certainly not praying for them. Yeah, and I, and I think that's a great. This is a great example. And this this is going to be a, a, a kick in the pants for a lot of people, but I would suggest if your if your social or your scrolling outpaces your prayer, Ooh. then you might be in a you're you're probably you're probably warring in the wrong place. You know you're probably you're probably focused on the wrong on, on the wrong things. Um, and, and Ouch! It, there'll just be a day whenever all that stuff is gone. And and again, whenever Jesus, whenever it says that he'll have to wipe every tear from our eyes when he comes back, it'll be because of the realization of the waste um, oh, that we Gosh. that we've lived in. And yeah. so I, I think that that's challenging. But we'll get to the list. But I I just want to make sure that we know prayer is supernatural. If it does not feel that way, it's an issue on our end. Prayer is supernatural. If it doesn't feel like that, and this is not like judgmental. There's been times in my life when it doesn't feel that way. But if it does, you may not get like the the goosebumps or whatever every time you pray, and and I would just revert back to like an, any type of friendship or relationship you have. The communication is not always like the most ground baked. And you know, sometimes you're just talking about, hey, what are we going to eat for dinner? <laughs> or did you pick up the groceries? Or yeah. this is what's on the schedule for tomorrow. Make sure you remember in the our communication is not always. Uh, you may not always have feelings that back up the reality. And so as we train our mind um, to be obedient to what God's word says, we take every thought captive. And so I just want to, especially as you begin, we talk through some of these things and you don't have an active prayer life, don't don't discount and say, well, it's not for me. Maybe prayer is just, it's not what you say it is. And I just want to remind you that God's word never returns void. 
It is a hundred percent truth and it is for our good that we believe it. And the Bible says that prayer is communication two way with God, that he wants to speak to you and he loves to hear from you. And you may not have feelings that align with that, but we have to choose truth even when our feelings don't line up. Yeah, but I'm going to put the Lord on the line here. If if you don't if you ne- if you don't ever have feelings, if you don't ever have, I, I, I'm just I'm just going to go out on a limb and just trust the Lord as we're obedient. If you don't have have any feelings in your communication with the Lord, then there then you are not praying in such a way that's bringing proximity between you and God. He's just he's just such a good father. And again, you you and I, we can go. We, we and they it, may just start with feelings of reverence and awe. It may not be. You may not. I mean, for some of us who have experienced things in our life, there are some some things that it is difficult for us to believe of God. Yeah, but, he is a good father. And, in those and things. I, I would tell, I would just say, like, let's just. This is not perfect, but let's just say that in every a hundred hours of mine and your communication, that there's five. Just brilliant moments, like the other the, the uh, month or so ago at the end of my solitude day. Whenever you yeah, came, we yeah. had dinner with with a fire, mm-hmm. and it was just like, gosh, this feels like we're on our first date. Like this is just mm-hmm. amazing. I love talking to you. Like if if every hundred hours communication, there's five to ten hours of like this beautiful like. I would agree. Now, if but you it, have to have time in to experience those that's things. What that's what I'm getting at. If it takes me and you ten years to get 100 hours of communication in, in 10 years, to have five, well, then, yeah, let's get divorced. This sucks. That would be terrible. Well, but it, it's, it doesn't feel that way for us because in in whatever, it may be a month that we have 100 hours of communication mm-hmm. because our, our conversation has brought this proximity. And so put God on the line. I, I have I have I've total confidence. Well, and I think if you well, and this is just what's so good about prayer, you can tell God what you need, and He knows what you need. So you say, hey, like I need, I need to hear from you. I need to feel, I need to feel like your love. If you tell him, he'll yeah. he, he satisfy your soul. Totally. I promise. And I, I run out, like I run out of self control. I run out, at this, I run out of want to, like where I don't want to be godly. I want to be fleshly. I want to be impatient, and I want to be selfish, and I want, I, I, I want, I want to have second looks at things. Like I want these things, and but. I have these rhythms that bring proximity between me and the Lord. Mm-hmm. And a lot of that time, a lot of that time I'm taking in content and I have a prayerful attitude where yeah. I'm just saying, Holy Spirit, would you speak to me while I listen to scripture? Holy Spirit, would you listen to me or speak to me while I'm listening to this uh, podcast or this mm-hmm. sermon or whatever? Um, and, and whenever I provide him those opportunities, it's not every time, mm-hmm. but more often than not. And so again, a lot of times when it comes to prayer, we uh, we we give everybody a lot of outs. I, I just I just feel really confident. Let's put the Lord on the line. Let's take Him at His word because we're about to go through the things that happens between you and the Lord when you pray. Um, and so put put him on put him on there. Put try to put the Lord on blast and see if He doesn't if He doesn't answer. Whenever you're in the Word and you're in prayer, I just feel really confident that you're going to get a better dopamine hit than what TikTok can give you. Or, or your favorite political person can give you. So, babe, one start. What's the first thing that happens uh, whenever, whenever we pray? God, when you pray, God works. So we see this in James five sixteen. It says, "The effective prayer of a righteous man can accomplish accomplish much." 
So this is a good place to start uh, because our prayers by themselves, like don't change anything. You just talking to the air or talking to yourself doesn't bring about change. But God has a soft, um, he has a heart for you, but it also says like his mind can be changed. And when we talk to God and we ask him for things, he, he wants, he's going to be glorified no matter what. Yeah. And um, he has authority to operate in areas that we don't, you know, we may not even be in. There are places across the world where you're not there, but you're asking God to intervene and to move. Uh, There may, you may have a child that's far from you that needs protection and you're asking God to stand in the gap in some places. And so I just, for us, God's working through our prayers and that makes a difference. Well, this goes back to the question you asked, like, what do I mean when I say that prayer is supernatural? When you and I are talking about dinner, it's it, it that's very it's natural, right? What it, it, what it's just dinner, but whenever me and the Lord talk about our, our marriage, when me and the Lord talk about this person getting saved, when me and the Lord talk about something like it's supernatural, and mm-hmm. then I, I I we are supernatural beings. The Lord created us to to live with Him for eternity, those kind of things. But whenever you get the the Creator mm-hmm. on board, right, and He cares. He cares. If he doesn't want you to care about what you care about, if you keep praying, he will change your heart, and you, he'll get you there. But I think well, when the, by virtue that it starts to move God when you pray, that more than anything makes it supernatural. Well, and often when we say God works, and so we can be in situations where maybe we've asked God for something, I think this is the hardest thing when it comes to prayer. Um, and I've experienced a lot of moments like this where I asked God for something and he didn't do it. Mm-hmm. or he didn't move in that and I didn't understand why and I still don't understand why and my but as I I have a choice to stop talking to him or to keep talking to him right. and the transformation that as I walk through that experience I have is I wouldn't I would not have had had God answered the way that I felt like he should and it increases my intimacy with him my trust and sharing the feelings of frustration and anger and grief with him as well in the midst and so when we say you know well God works well what happens when he doesn't mm-hmm. you know do what I've asked him to do well, I would and I would I'd even ask us to because words matter mm-hmm. he never doesn't work. Yes. Right. And I know. I know. You know. I'm not correcting you. Obviously. No. Yeah. 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 He he never doesn't work. It's just a matter of if he worked how we wished he would. Yes. Right. Because there are there's people that we prayed for that we were hoping God would heal and they died. Right. And they're pumped about it. We're not. Their family's not. Sure. They're pumped about it. Yeah. They're and, with Jesus. And it says in in Philippians that he's going to bring every good work to completion. So the, even the babies that we lost. Yeah. You know, like he. And and we could talk about that another time, but I mean, the even those moments, how long or how short or wh- whatever it might be, like he never doesn't work. Mm-hmm, it's just mm-hmm. a matter of if it's, if it feels like. But again, proximity helps us understand. Yeah. Right. If I don't give you something that you want me to buy you something, and I don't buy it for you, then we never talk about the budget or anything like that. You're just thinking I'm selfish. If I don't buy it for you, and then we're talking, discussing, you realize, oh, I'm saving for that vacation or to upgrade your ring like you wanted or whatever. It makes more sense. Because I'm working differently than what you originally thought, but yeah. Um, the second thing, when we pray, God hears, and which again I think really fits in well with what we're talking about. Mm-hmm. In First uh, Peter three twelve, for the eyes of the Lord are towards the righteous, and His ears attend to their prayers. If you have 
made a decision to follow Jesus and you've denied your cross or you denied yourself and you picked up the, you picked it up and you're following him, then you are the righteous. Yeah. The blood of Jesus has made you righteous. Not, you don't have to, I think sometimes when we read this, we can get confused and think, well, am I really righteous? And you are not righteous by your own works or by your own strength or by your own performance. It's just Jesus. So if you, you can be confident when you hear scripture that says the effective prayer of a righteous man and God's ears toward the righteous, you are the righteous person. And why, why are you righteous? Because of Jesus. Because of Jesus. You're not righteous because of what you've done. We'll, we'll talk about that in the next podcast. I'm pumped about that too. But just, <clears throat> just so we know, he hears us. And what I want to be real careful of is we have in America, we have a very earn, you got to earn it culture. And so we think that if, if I, if I'm not, if I'm not talking to him or if I haven't talked to him, then he isn't listening or won't listen. But it doesn't say the eyes of the Lord are towards the righteous when they deserve it. The eyes of the Lord are, are towards the righteous when he feels like it or whenever they, whatever, you know, when they're good little boys and little girls. It says the eyes of the Lord are towards the righteous. Well, if you have children, like you love your kids and you want to hear from them. Yeah. And even when we were laughing about this, you know, we went to the outlets and um, one of our kids, our, our daughter ended up with us and she had an opportunity to go with her CC, her grandmother, she chose not to, she made the wrong choice. Um, and we were, she was complaining and hemming and hawing the whole time we were there. And Zach and I were laughing because how can you in the same moment want to give somebody everything? Mm-hmm. Like we would love- Want to buy her stuff while we're there. Yeah, all shower stuff. things upon her and simultaneously think, why are you here right now? <laughs> why do you choose to? Why are you doing this? I hate all the things you choose to be. <laughs> So, so God hears. So mm-hmm. first God works, and then God hears. So also whenever we pray, God heals. Will you read that? Uh, this is like yeah. the, this is the revival passage. We could talk about it for hours, but we'll just, Second, God heals. Yeah, Second Chronicles 7, 14. And my people who are called by my name humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. Then I'll hear from heaven, I'll forgive their sin, and will heal their land. And healing takes, healing is not just physical healing. I think sometimes we we box things up and say, well, if it isn't exactly this, then it's not that. And um, we just have to remember that um, God doesn't fit into our boxes. Mm-hmm. He is um, exponential. And so when we are asking God for healing, he, he doesn't just heal physically, like spiritual healing, um, emotional healing, relational healing. I mean, your marriage, right? I know people who literally prayed their marriage mm-hmm. through brokenness. Like her husband was gone. He left her. He had a girlfriend. They're moving in together. And by prayer, he was literally brought back to her. And so um, I just think we... We want to make sure when we say heal, you don't just hear, well, it's physical healing. And yes, he does. I have watched people be healed right before my eyes more than once. The power of God is very real. Um, but he does more than just um, physical healing, spiritual healing, which is really, I mean, the the greatest form happens when you make a choice to follow Jesus. You were dead. There's resurrection that happens. Yeah. And God heals your heart and restores you to himself um, through Jesus, through the choice to believe the gospel. Yeah, and I, I, I just want to encourage you because the next podcast is talking about like why believers don't live in as much power and things like that. 
as they should or we wish that they would, that we want to. Uh, but if you see that, like before it says, I will hear from heaven, forgive their sins, I will heal their land. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves, pray, seek my face, turn from their wicked ways, like there are things to do on our end. Absolutely. You know? So like, you know, if, if we refuse to put gas in the car and get directions and do all this stuff and then want to complain to each other that we're not on like at our vacation destination, you have to be like, well, there's some responsibility on you there, big guy, big girl. Like you, you're not, you're not a baby here. Mm-hmm. And so I, I do believe that there's a lot, the healing that God cares most about. And again, I'm not saying he doesn't care about people who are sick and all that kind of stuff. I think Jesus in his ministry made that very clear, right? Um, however, I do believe whenever it comes to uh, healing, when it comes to us walking in that mental, emotional, relational, spiritual, physical, that there is an obedience perspective on our end, right? what that looks like. And so, but when we pray, God does heal. The question is, um, are, are, we, are we going to be obedient to walk in that healing, whatever it might be? And so we see that God works, God heals, or God hears, God heals when we pray. Something else that God does is when we pray, when you pray, God answers. God answers. And it may not feel like that all the time, like we said, but He's always moving, He's always answering. In 1 John 5.15, it says, If we know that He hears us in whatever we ask, we know we have the requests which we have asked for him. So we know that he hears us in whatever we ask. We know that we will have the request which we have asked him for. I think I read that really wrong the first time. Uh, so that second time was made more sense. The dyslexia got me. Don't worry about it. Um, and so we can be confident that whenever, whenever we pray that God hears us. And then again, the, the hard part is whenever Jesus talks about prayer, he says, you know, that, that you can be confident whatever you ask for in my name, like I'm gonna give you. I think the hard part for that in us for the hard part for that is there is a a lack of trust that God knows best. And then there's a lack of focus on on um on what need what really needs to happen in our lives. And so whenever we pray for something and it doesn't come to fruition like we hoped it would or wanted it to, um, and then we we discount, don't trust whatever God anymore, then the elevation of ourselves and our desires over God's sovereignty or His plan, you know, there, I think there's some idolatry in that. Mm-hmm. And so, but knowing that God does answer, and that's not the only scripture verse that highlights that, but what would you add to that? I just think it would be helpful. And, you know, when you read the New Testament, you can see Paul wrestle with these things where he is in places and in situations that things have not gone as he would have desired. And his response is, um, it's supernatural because he is always so he's like, hey, like this is, I don't want to be in jail right now, but look what God's doing. Mm-hmm. And um, I would say that's not how we respond. When things don't go the way we want, we are frustrated and we complain. And... Um, and sometimes we just reject God as a result and we we miss out on the gift it is to be in his presence. And I think that's one of the things that Paul, throughout all of the um, letters he wrote in the New Testament, he is so good at setting the example of going back and saying, hey, I 
I am totally satisfied in Christ. Everything I need is satisfied in Christ. So if I'm hungry or I'm single or I'm homeless or whatever, I'm in no matter the condition, I am content. I'm so I'm satisfied in Christ. And the only thing that matters to me is that other people know the truth yeah. of of who God is. Yeah. And that I think is for us to aspire to and ask God to change our hearts and change our minds. And as we allow the word to transform us, we we can find ourselves responding like Paul did. Yeah. Okay. There were ten. We're not gonna get to ten. But just let me get, you know, let me give you the, the fifth one, uh, just so we can get to even five. And if you would say, hey, I, I need to know the last five, uh, put it in the comments that you want to know the last five. We can put a um, link to it. Yeah. Oh, no, no. We'll, just, we'll do another podcast. If, oh. if you feel like, hey, this is helpful for you, you want to know more of what happens when you pray, uh, then just let us know, and we'll, we'll do another podcast around with the last five to it. But the again, number one was when you pray, God works. Number two, when you pray, God hears. Number three, when you pray, God heals. Number four, when you pray, God answers. And the last one, when you pray, God forgives. And this mm-hmm. is this is such a special one. Um, it, it says in 1 John 1, 9, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and purify us of all unrighteousness. And confessing our sins, again, that's, that's part of the communication. That's part of talking with him. Um, I mean, in the model prayer, Jesus shows us the example of, of asking for forgiveness. Yeah. Uh, I believe that's Matthew 6 and Luke 11, whenever he highlights, hey, this is how you should pray. And in both of those, he tells, he in the model prayer, forgiveness, ask forgiveness is a part of that. And so when we pray, God forgives. And I don't know any qualifications Jesus ever put on what he would forgive you from. All the things. Right. And so the, the only thing that wouldn't be forgiven is blaspheming the Holy that's Spirit. That's right. That's and true. And so what, what I want to encourage us is that when we pray, because I think that one of the things that robs our intimacy uh, with the Lord when it comes to prayer is, like you've talked about, shame, guilt, condemnation. Romans 8.1 says there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. But part of our prayer life is confession. And mm. uh, in Daniel 9.20, <clears throat> We see Daniel confess for himself and the nation. <clears throat> and that may feel weird, but whenever I pray uh, in the mornings, I, I use Daniel 9.20, and I pray, I confess my sins, I confess any sins in my home uh, with my family, and then I confess the sins of faith promise, and I ask the Lord, what are the things that the enemy is using to rob intimacy from your people? And I just I pray against them. My dad calls it punching holes in the darkness. And that's what we do against idolatry, against apathy, against pornography, against like all these things that could be coming against the Lord's people. Um, and so, hey, real quick before we wrap up, um, and I knew this was going to be long. We, we love prayer. Um, but just to build this win-win culture in your life for you to win the world, uh, we always want to give you a step around you know the, the win-win steps of what is next and who is next. And the what is next um, step for you to take in your prayer life is value prayer as supernatural, right? Um, and, uh, and a major relationship builder between you and God. And so what is next is valuing it as supernatural. And a who is next is talk to God about people before you talk to people about people. Mm. Um, so talk to God. If you have somebody in your life you want to witness to, you have somebody in your life you have an issue with, talk to God about people before you talk to people about people. 
And so those are the win-win, just to build your purpose of winning your world, the win-win steps. What is next? Value prayer supernatural. And who is next? Talk to God about people before you talk to people about people. Uh, but thank you for spending this time with us. We love you so much. We believe in your purpose. And uh, let us know if you want to hear the last five of what happens when you pray. Go win your world this week. Go win your world this week.